0: All right, lady, what is this?
1: I'm so glad you asked. This is Show and Tell. And this is a one-hour show where people from around the world come by and show and share what they're working on, whether it's electronics or 3D printing or knitting or embroidery or cosplay, whatever it is that you're working on, uh, come on by. We're here for an hour, and we'd love to see it, and you can show and share with the rest of the community. We're going to start off with some folks from Adafruit, as well as a special transmission from DigiKey. Thanks to Kevin, who's been coming by and giving us the update of what DigiKey is up to. DigiKey is our partner that's helping us out uh, during these challenging times.
2: All right. So let's first go to Kevin. Hey, Kevin. How's it going? What's hey up? guys. It's going,
3: going good. Yes, I'm from DigiKey, but I'm working out of my home office. DigiKey is about one song on the radio away from my house. So I'm I'm here in my office just like most of the office workers but again our warehouse is still shipping products we're staying on top of things and we're all healthy right now so thanks to that and thanks to our team uh this week just a couple quick updates i was talking with some of the adafruit team earlier today and i'm going to start a project i started uh doing a 3d rendering of it i'm going to make a very large clue board I know for a lot of people that have seen uh, us at Maker Fair, we've had a four foot Circuit Playground Express. John Park has made an amazing Metro board. And I know there's other people that have created um, Arduino boards and different things that are big check size. So I'm gonna make one about two feet by three feet. And Ooh. I'll show you guys updates every week. I'm, I'm really excited to work on it. It's a All project right. that sounds like a lot of fun.
1: It's a big clue about your big clue.
3: That's right, a big clue. Speaking of big clue, I did want to let everybody know that coming up in the August edition of Make Magazine, there will be DigiKeys 2020 boards guide that we worked on with Make Magazine. We've had it for the past few years. It's really good on what are the new and upcoming boards the new technology coming up. So that's going to come out in the August edition of Make Magazine. And Lamore, you have a special cameo in that magazine.
1: Amazing.
3: You uh, you sent us a little video talking about uh, some of the do's and don'ts of board development and some of the latest developments and what's trending and what's what's hot and what's popular and what to look out for. So it's gonna be really cool. We've uh, put a lot of effort into it this year, and we're really excited to let this launch in August. So stay tuned for Make Magazine, and you guys. out. Right.
2: Yeah, right on. We talked to the editor in chief uh, and one of the head writers at Make, so we send over all our, our information. Um, Adafruit has so many boards. Um, we don't know if they'll all get in, but a lot of them will. So thank you for having the board guide and all the things that are in there. If folks want to right now, they can go to makezine.com and check out last year's board guide, which is always fun because you can see what was going on last year compared to this year. A lot of CircuitPython boards, of course, a lot of Feather boards, so you'll see that reflected. And probably- yeah, not- if,
3: you, if you are interested in the augmented reality portion of it, we do have that up on our website. We have links over to download the app and you can check it out even if you don't have a physical copy. So if you go digikey.com slash boards guide, it'll get you right through that process and you can check it out in AR. Like I said, even without the guide, it's pretty cool. Nice. Right okay.
1: All right, thank you, Kevin, for that update. Thank you so much. All right.
3: Thank you. And we'll see you guys next week with hopefully part of a big clue.
1: Okay.
3: All right. All right take care guys.
2: Okay, next up. I was gonna. uh, So, we have a possible guest uh, from the Adafruit team that might uh, come in, Trevor, but it might be next week because we're doing a bunch of new iOS development and we're using some advanced stuff. And so, that means we had to move to Big Sur. So, that means nothing really works. That's
1: right. Um, The internet's like broken right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, by the way, uh, we can't tweet right now because all (laughs) verified accounts, which we have, um, can't tweet. So, you'll see a lot of our team members at Adafruit that don't have verified accounts yet, they're able to tweet for us. Uh, 2020 continues to give and give and give and take. All right, so we're going to go to Melissa next, and then we're going to go to uh, folks that are lined up here, so probably Scott after that. How's it going, Melissa? Hey, Melissa. Good. Uh, Just a second here. Oh, there we go. So I have this um, Raspberry Pi with an e-ink display on it, and I have a little desk calendar application running
1: over here.
2: It's tax day, but it also can show other items by holding this down. So right now, Adafruit Show and Tell is going, and then it, it asking engineers next. According,
1: to oh, it's cool. This is so handy. What? How did you build this?
2: Uh, I built this. I uh, just put this board together using uh, the display and uh, put in a couple buttons and resistors, just based on uh, Adafruit having open source hardware, which is. Made it really nice. Uh, so this, I just took the breakout and one of these little proto-raspberry Pi hats and just put it all together.
1: All right. Okay, well, now you know to come here. You did a good job. Thanks. Success. All right, guide coming soon. And thanks for the preview, Melissa.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we're going to go to Scott, and then we're going to go to Noam Pedro. Scott, what are you doing this week? Let,
4: let me put my uh, ice water down before I... For I am mid, on show and tell. Mid, <laughs> I mid, think Lamar mid-step. was watching me like, oh, get him while his mouth is full. Um, yeah. yeah, so I've been working on optimizing the ESP32 spy library. And my goal has been to uh, optimize it so that we never allocate or we, we reduce the size of the allocations we do. Because what happens over time, the memory in CircuitPython becomes more and more like Swiss cheese-like where it gets harder and harder to allocate large things. Mm -hmm. And uh, our current library does that, so like, if it's getting a JSON file, it creates one big long string for that JSON and then parses it. So I've been working on optimizing it so we don't do that. And uh, I just uh, hacked together this thing called memory monitor today that I've been talking about doing, but it basically keeps track of every allocation that happens. And the way that I uh, implemented it is you just use this with clause, so you can say with the memory monitor. It's actually called allocation size monitor. Memory monitor is the module, but you can just say with MM, do something. And it turns on this thing that tracks all of the sizes of the allocations based on like power of two sizes. And then I have this print statement right after that goes through the 32 buckets uh, within there. If it's empty, if count is zero, then I skip it. Otherwise we print it out. And here's an example of the output you get. So. This is with the, the ESP32 spi simple test. And here you can see that to fetch the Wi-Fi test it was 5500 uh, one one byte or one block allocations and that that's 16 bytes usually. Yeah. And then you can see like we had four large blocks to do yeah. that. And then on the JSON side we had 14 that were um, less than 32 blocks and I, I should multiply it by 16 to make more sense, but um, I then ran it on my optimized code
5: <laughs> and I was a little nervous, oh I'm still goodness. a little
4: nervous. Um, it did get rid of the top one. So like you can see that we're only doing allocations less than eight blocks in this case, um, but we're doing a ton more <laughs> single block allocations, which- Yeah,
1: that's like an order of magnitude higher. That's impressive. Yes. I mean, two orders. That's I so just. Cool.
4: Yeah, but I was thinking about this, and I think one thing I changed is that um, when talking to the ESP, there's a like frequently waiting to like polling it and see if it, seeing if it's ready, and mm-hmm. I think that action takes uh, that takes memory to do, like mm-hmm. that allocates memory, and so depending on how long the the ESP takes, you can change the number of allocations that happen during that period. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna take a look at that. Ideally, we wouldn't do any allocations when something like that is like very frequently called is done. So that's one way to fix it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, hopefully gonna be a helpful tool for people to turn on and be able to understand like the, impact, the memory impacts of the, a chunk of code in their, in their code.
1: All right, thanks for the, the deep dive, the quick deep dive. Don't forget to watch Scott's deep dive on Fridays. we are gonna be doing one this week?
4: Yep, yeah, doing it this week, and it will probably be related to this. <laughs> um, almost guaranteed.
2: Tune in. Yeah, check it out. All right, thanks, Scott. So okay, next up we're going to go to Noam Pedro. No, Pedro, how are you?
6: Hey, what's up, folks? Uh, can you hear us okay? Let me yeah. turn that up. All right, cool. i tend to turn myself up. Hey, so this is this week's project. It's a, a project based uh, off the RGB uh, matrix display, and we have the feather with the RGB matrix feather in the back there. Um, basically, it's a uh, an interactive kind of game that you can play indoors. We got our little 3D printed hoop here with uh, the IR brake beam sensors mounted on either end of it. Um, so we have an arcade button, and we can use that to start the game and reset the points. So I'm going to demo it. And you guys can chat with Pedro because it's going to be a little bit hard for me to demo it.
1: Okay, you, all right. you do the demoing part.
6: All right, so hopefully this doesn't break. Yeah, I think it's good. <laughs> yeah, so we're using the IR beam. And uh, this is another collab project with uh, awesome Liz Clark. She did all of the code in sort of Python.
1: All right, you're doing great. Okay. <laughs> and then
6: we can, of course, reset it. This is all using a uh, display I.O. So you can pretty easily display bitmaps in mm-hmm. custom fonts.
1: On the on the display, which is
6: really nice. It's well, I, like using- the, I like the graphics. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, Liz did all the graphics. She does great color schemes as well. Um, it's using the new MP3 library as well from Jeff Epler. um so we can customize all the different sound effects and play different ones and iterate through different ones as we're kind of. Uh, I'm just cheating. At this point. <laughs> yeah, and there's a semi-speaker on the back as well, so we can. Um, Get some sound out of it it's so we okay, got to, like,
1: yeah, coming
2: soon. and while you were showing this um the news the breaking news um esp announced that both liz and noah got signed for a new <laughs> league um yeah, yeah it's called, pixel hoop league it's called pba it's pixel basketball
6: it's a so, <laughs> yeah, so you got, um, guide and video uh you'll be, you'll be previewing on ask an engineer and it'll be launched later tonight yeah,
2: i'll be showing that tonight yes. all right thank you. Hi,
1: thank
6: you all right nice, guys, guys, nice. Folks, thank yeah. you all right, Bye. next up, we're gonna go to Jeff, and then after
2: that, JP. Jeff, how's it going this week? Hey,
1: Jeff. Hello, I'm
2: just I'm sipping out. on some okay. water here.
7: But mine is carbonated.
2: Tonight,
1: every, you know what, hydrated, everyone's
2: very <laughs> hydrated. It's good. Yeah. So, um, the only thing so, we don't have to worry about tonight.
7: Yeah, um, what I wanna show today is uh, this little uh, piece of test equipment that I got uh, this past week. It is called a universal counter but mostly what I plan to use it for is uh, testing the frequency of oscillators. Uh, Back here, I have a uh, feather board and a real-time clock uh, feather wing. And so one question you might ask is, well, how accurate is this going to be? And so nominally, if uh, the clock on it, the crystal, is at 32,768 hertz exactly, then it will count accurately, otherwise it'll gain or lose time. So I've calibrated this device, and then measured the output of the real-time clock. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting 32, 770, and then some digits that are changing. So that means it's passed uh, by two hertz, which means the error is five seconds per day, or 160 seconds a month, which is not great if you'd like your clock to be accurate.
1: Yeah.
7: but with this particular real-time clock it turns out you can internally adjust the capacitance um and when you do that you can get it much
2: much closer
7: so um when you have the ability to measure and you have the ability to correct then you can create a pretty accurate clock so this one should lose uh less around a tenth of a second a day or four seconds a month once it's been calibrated so that is a lot better and so then the final product here is this guy that's going to show the hours and minutes in 24 hour time and the date. So that's what I'm playing with. And it's all with Python and uh, 1980s test equipment.
1: Yay! 1980s test equipment meets modern scripting languages. Love it. Yeah. And what a great looking uh, circuit uh, counter. I love that you push the yeah. button. Yeah. Yeah. The, the look of things these
7: things and the feel of these things is, you know, it's just great. I mean, what a lot of fun just to get to press the buttons.
1: Awesome. That's all cool. right. Thanks, Jeff.
2: All right, thank you so much, Jeff. Next up, we're going to go to JP and I'll bring up JP's screen.
1: Oh, we can't hear you, JP. you muted. But he's on air. There we go.
5: That's right. right. It's a talk Because I can communicate everything with that gizmo right there. <laughs> uh, so the project I'm working on this week, and I'll be showing this on uh, my workshop show tomorrow, is making an on air sign. Uh, using a, I have a Metro M4 airlift in here right now with a RGB matrix uh, backpack or shield on it, driving this 64 by 32 display. Uh, and I wanted to get into just learning, I've done some bitmap projects on here and some uh, default terminal text, but I wanted to do some uh, custom bitmap based fonts on here, as well as I wrote some little routines for drawing things like those uh, little wings and, uh, and the framing lines around them. Um, and I also add a little button that lets me switch the state. So right now, this one is just a very simple uh, hang it outside your door so that when you're on a conference call or, you know, my my kids will be doing uh, online class 100% next year, it's been determined uh, in Los Angeles. So letting people tell uh, other members of the household when when you shouldn't come knocking or yelling uh, at their door is probably a, a good thing. So this project will help with that. And then I'm also going to... Uh, work on adding Wi-Fi support to that, since this is the airlift metro that I have here, so that I can do things uh, like check the status of uh, YouTube or Twitch or something that has an API that can communicate when you are actually broadcasting, when you've gone live and have, uh, see if I can get that to automatically update. So those are the projects I'm uh, working on with this little uh, display here.
1: All right, I like the 1950s retro style in there.
5: Thank you. Yeah, I uh, I like uh, sort of the um, aer- aerospace or um, aviation theme, and I found um, I'll, I'll show actually I'm going to do a guide and I'll show how you can do things um, similar to what we've done on the Pi Portal of grabbing a uh, font. This was an open source font off of the Google Fonts site, uh, an Art Deco font, and then convert it to a, a bitmap font. And I actually dug into the bitmap font a little bit to see how I could tune it after FontForge created the, the, the glyphs for me. And it's actually a, a hex code that you can then turn into a binary and look at it. And it's literally just, you know, this yeah. is a 15 point f- uh, wide font. So it just is 0000010000 zero, 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 zero is the top of the A and so on. You All right, tonight
2: Thank we'll you. be showing your video and more and then JP show is tomorrow. And uh, I'm gonna do a thank you in advance. Next week, JP's probably gonna be running the show and tell. Yes. Um, So thanks in advance. uh, You're welcome. uh, Or whoever else on the team is gonna be running it. We'll see if we don't ask an engineer, but um, we're trying to alternate some hosts for show and tell. So you'll be in good hands next week. Thank you so much, JP. All right, next up we're gonna go to Aaron, And then after that, Dan, Aaron.
0: Hello. Hey. Uh, So I have a couple things to talk about. I guess um, my first one is I launched a new tutorial today, which is a little sandcastle made out of bottles. Um, I don't have that one with me though. So instead of talking too much about that, um, I'll probably show that one next week. I wanted to show off the project that I am working on um, at the moment, which is this little ukulele. Um, I of course, whoops, (laughs) dropped it, um, put a bunch of electronics inside. It's using a feather sense board and a pot maker wing Um, And a couple of Neopixel strips. And um, I'm having all kinds of fun writing way too many silly LED animations for it. Um, The cool thing it does right now is that it is actually sensing uh, the different pitches. And I have it set up so that when I play particular notes, then it'll switch modes. Neat. So it's been pretty fun, I'm doing a lot of stuff with pixel mapping and um, and the LED animations library written for CircuitPython um, and making it map different ways. It's been a lot of fun playing with this. And of course, I'm gonna add a strum reactive mode and everything too. So this is in the works, I'm having far too much fun with it. And it also has a cheesy rock band uh, shake mode, I think, if I can get that to work. Um, anyway. Oh,
1: that's, <laughs> what I'm ukulele? Do? Nice work, Erin. Super, super fun guy. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the thanks for the
2: notes. All right, and we'll have uh, your guide and also a video from you, tonight from the Blue Castle
1: Excellent. project that you did,
2: or the glowing
1: glowing castle. Glowing. did blue.
2: Some of them are blue. The colors, yeah. Yeah.
1: Sometimes it's blue.
2: All okay. right, uh,
1: thank you, Aaron, and Aaron Gilfilley.
2: Next up is Dan, and then Dan's screen. I'll get both of them up here.
8: Dan, take it away. Okay, so I like to talk to you about um, Bluetooth, like I always talk to you about. So. We've, we're, I'm working on the third implementation of Bluetooth Low Energy. So the first one we did was for the NRF52A40, which is in this little can right here. And we have a bunch of boards that talk Bluetooth Low Energy using that. This is a Clue board, which you fam- should be familiar with. And then um, and we have a low-level uh, um, programming interface called BLEIO that you can call from CircuitPython to talk Bluetooth Low Energy. Mm -hmm. So we did that for the NRF NRF boards and then we did it for host computers like uh, Windows and Linux and hopefully soon Mac. And that would use the built-in Bluetooth that's, say, in your laptop or if you have like a a dongle, a Bluetooth dongle that you can plug into your computer, Mm -hmm. it talks that thing. And now I'm doing it for the third time. Um, Here we've got... um, a, a metro airlift board, which has an ESP32 on it, which you usually say, "Oh, that talks Wi-Fi. That doesn't do Bluetooth." But in fact, it does do Bluetooth. They can't really do them at the same time, but you can you can uh, change its mode so that it uses Bluetooth uh, low energy as well. So. And that, I'm implementing BLE IO again, and you could be able to talk to this airlift um, ESP30, ESP32 or any ESP32, uh, and have it do BLE IO. And I'm just beginning to get it running. I have it doing advertising, but not connecting right now. So hopefully this simple demo will work. Um, first, we'll start it up. There we go. And it's talking to um, the ESP32 and you can see it's going back and forth. Um, it's sending commands back and forth to the ESP32. That's what all this stuff is. And it, it asked it what its address was. And now we'll try to run the advertising demo. And it started advertising and I sh- can show you that it does that. Here I have um, the Bluefruit Connect app, which runs on your iPhone or my iPhone, and hopefully it's not too washed out. You want, can you switch screens? Uh, can you, can you, can you, you swap the two, free two free screens? Free. You can close the, um, there we go. Okay. And, oh, it's too, oh, there we go. Well,
1: we believe you. It's showing. I out. believe you.
8: So it says unknown right there. Oh, yeah. And that means it's listening and it's seeing the advertisements from the um, from the ESP32. Yeah. So it doesn't know its name yet because it hasn't completed the advertising, but it does see it. And if I closed it, then that would go away. So we're getting somewhere, and hopefully soon we'll be able to have it talk to the Food Connect app, just like all the other all the other things talk to. Um, all right.
1: All the producers. first step is the advertising nope. All right. Thanks, Dan, for
8: that. Okay.
2: Next up, we're going to go to Liz and then Mohave and then David Alexander. So, Liz. Hey, hello.
9: Liz. Hi, how are you? Oh, hello, hello. So I sh- uh, shared my screen. Um, so, I worked on the Pixel Hoops project with uh, Naya this week. That was really fun. Um, and then I started working on a project uh, that I'd had and um, wanted to do for a while. There's the Elgato Stream Deck that's really popular, where you have all these shortcut buttons that kind of can go into like folder menus. So. I'm trying it out with a Pi Portal TitanO, um, so I just started with the logic. Um, so I just have some buttons here, and when I press a button, it goes to a new menu, and then back. Uh, so that was kind of the proof of concept coding I got in today, and I'll be adding more shortcuts for everything. Um, some media keys at the bottom, and then something. It's kind of nerdy, but at the bottom, I'm most excited about the emoji button. I'll have shortcuts to my favorite emojis, so I can just send them. I really know, quick.
1: those are really tough. Like if you're not on mobile. Exactly. Because it's really it's really difficult. You got to Google for them and it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing.
9: Yes, it's embarrassing. Uh, so I'm I'm, ex- I'm probably most excited about that part. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so just start working on that.
0: All right,
2: looks great. Okay, Right on. Thank you. And we'll be showing um, some of your handiwork tonight on Ask an Engineer with the Pixel scoreboard thing. Good work on that project.
9: Thank you. Oh, we yeah. are recruiting for the league if anyone's interested. That's what I
2: was, yeah, I was just saying. The <laughs> big announcement came out. As soon as uh, Verify Twitter is back, I'm sure it'll be. Elon
9: Musk is already. It'll be all right. over the
2: place. To all join, right.
1: you just have to send him some Bitcoin. That's, That's
2: right. That's it. Yeah. All right. Thank <laughs> <for> <laughs> you. Have a good one. All right. Next up, we're going to go to Virgil. Hello.
1: Virgil, hey, Virgil, can you hear me? Right yeah. There. I've
2: awesome. seen this project. This is making the rounds. Congrats.
10: Thanks, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, if you remember the last time I think I was on, I showed this in cardboard form and it looked a lot more menacing. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, it's a digital, lock, uh, like a electronic lockbox. And so it's locked right now, but so, uh, and it all runs on AWS serverless and stuff. So if I type in the last
2: code,
10: okay, it should beep and then unlock.
1: Wait so to use AWS
10: so I've got a serverless backend that um, uh, basically stores the state uh, and then there's another function so when I type in like a phone number it calls this uh, lambda function through API gateway so it's just making a rest call and uh, that will create the randomized code uh, send a text message to the phone number you pass it uh, then update the state in a systems parameter store in AWS so it's like You could theoretically encrypt that, uh, but I don't because it's an example project. And um, that stores a state. And so then the device updates on that state to tell it whether to lock or not. Uh, That's so that in case it like loses power, it can uh, boot up and fetch its last known state and lock and have the code stored. Uh, Right now, just have the battery inside it. And so it's just a relay module spliced to a a JST connector and um, like a five, uh, well it's technically six volt um, uh Solenoid relay lock thingy. Uh, so oh. I'm gonna type in my phone number uh, off screen real quick and show you how fast it messages. Uh, Alright. Okay. So it's sending code. So that's making that REST request.
1: Yeah. And then oh, I get yeah. the message.
10: Yeah. And so it's uh, now it's locked. Uh, And and so that's all all the files and stuff for that are online. I'm going to share my screen real quick. Uh, So yeah, this is all on the AWS compute blog. Uh, We'll see that. So I've got this all published on everything on how to do it. Uh, It's beginner level. So I should be able to build it without any cloud experience. It's all uh, built like one click deploy, like the previous ones I've published for the PI portal. and then the other thing I wanted to show is uh, so I've got this LCD working with the um, uh, so that's the I've got the Pi High Quality camera
1: uh-huh.
10: with the um, varifocal 2.8 to 12 millimeter lens, and uh, so this is part this is sort of Frankenstein case, <laughs> so it's part um, Rui's brothers uh, Pi HQ 3D printed case. Um, in carbon fiber filament and then just i wanted a good way to get to the screen i found uh so it's a tft screen um so i just like taped on <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so put the back on okay. uh, I can't to, tell i had to do some weird stuff to get the um camera preview from the python module for uh Pi camera to work so on this gpio tft it doesn't um i guess the py camera python module doesn't output to anything that's not like an hdmi source so i had to use this uh tool i found called rasp 2fb which copies uh things like that to the frame buffer uh for gpio lcd so that's why it's like kind of spotty and stuff bleeds through Uh,
1: well uh, it works all right well great work with you thank you for coming by and showing your two projects (laughs) thanks projects keep coming by (laughs) see what you're
2: you're up to cheers thanks for having me
1: all right thank you okay, next
2: up is david alexander david alexander
1: hello david and alexander
2: all right we can't hear you but we can see what's on your screen
1: there's like some
2: robots so let's see if they can unmute and show us what they're up to do, 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 do. let's see
1: yeah. yeah
2: i added your other yeah, display so uh, how or or your other thing
11: whatever that is doing is working so
1: go That's for
11: obvious. it. Okay, great, go for it. All right. Okay, okay. So let me begin. So David already showed our project here last week, but at that time we did not actually have a working uh, model to show because we burned our feathers. So let me rectify it now. So the project is. Uh, so can I no, Sorry. So the project is like a robotic controller board. It's similar to Cricket for those who know what it is, but it has some significant differences. For starters, it's intended for use with the motors, which are 12 volts and... Well, 6 to 12 volts and much more powerful. It has connectors for the encoders. It has the IMU, which you can use for robotic orientation. Uh, so, to find the orientation of your robot. And it has a bunch of other uh, features. So, what I wanted to do actually today is show it in action. So, David, if you can, yeah. So, if you can uh, switch to that, yes. So, we have a robot actually set up right here on the floor, and I just wanted to show how you can, how well you can, how well this IMU works. So, David, can you press the button? All right. So of course, driving straight seems to be like a simple thing. But you have done, if you have done any robotics project, you know that doing it with any precision and coming back to the same place you started with is actually not as simple as it sounds, especially if you are not really using any sensors other than the built-in ones. And this robot at the moment has no sensors, so you can see where it ended up exactly, almost exactly. Yep. Yeah. Can you? Yes, and you can see that it's self-correct. So if you try to push it off track, yes, it's self-correct. And we spent quite a bit of time actually not only doing the hardware, but also writing the software. So we have a user level library. We have firmware, which does all of that. So the whole code which runs this robot right now is about five lines. Go forward, turn 90 degrees. well, not counting the code which turns on and off the LEDs, so that's it. So, we wanted to make it easy for users in this case. I was thinking of using it for robotics classes, uh, robotic camp, so that the kids could actually write the code very easily and not be distracted by the robot. When, instead of when you tell it to go straight, it will turn at, go at an arc and end up, you know, at a corner where you did not want. So, this seems to avoid it. And as I said, the whole code right now can be written by any, I don't know, five grader. All right. Well, it looks great. Nice
1: work with your robot and your software. David
11: also wanted to show some. Yeah. So uh, last
6: week I, we, I showed off this chassis um, with a rover wing on it, but I didn't actually let it run, which I'm still not going to do this time. Uh, but we have a little bit of an announcement. So we recently added uh, kits to our Kickstarter so people can actually buy a full robot kit. So we're not only just selling the PCB now, you can actually buy a full robot that you can get ready to go in like an hour or two, um, even with no experience, as long as you have a soldering iron. And then another project I've been working on, it's not quite done, I'm still working on tuning the PID, um, is a self-balancing robot using just the rover wing and two motors. And it works okay. I mean, I can turn it on right now. Um, I'm still working on tuning it. So it'll probably fine a,
11: tuning the ID coefficients for self balancing is hard.
6: Yeah, as know. So, so basically, it's probably just going to have a spasm and fall over. Uh, I would. So, yep.
2: Yeah.
1: I to try. I'm working on it. Hopefully, I'll come by when you have it balancing. That's a good goal. It's yeah. a good, it's a
11: good It stopped working this morning. <laughs> Okay, but the driving works perfectly right now with very little code, as I said, one line of code is all it takes to hold the course correction, precise turns, and more, without any additional sensors.
1: All right, thank you, David and Alexander. Okay. Thanks for showing off your work. Right, right on, line. and
2: feel free to post up the links to the Kickstarter and, of course, all the documentation. Yeah. The right now, but if you, yeah. Yeah, they're at the bottom of our screen. Yeah, yeah, feel free to put in the chats as well. Thank you. Okay, Okay, thank you so much, and continue to come back as your campaign goes and also as you add more things to the project and the Kickstarter as well. Mm -hmm. All right, thanks so much, David and Alexander. All right, that is our show and tell for tonight. We got done a little bit early tonight, thank goodness. But we had
1: some great people come by and great projects. Yeah,
2: so we had a bunch of stuff going on. We'll be back next week. Um, It might be either us or JP next week so you can tune in at 7 p.m eastern time that's wednesday show and tell ask an engineer starts at 8 p.m we'll see everybody in about 20
0: minutes or so
1: thank you everybody bye -bye. next week